1: B Nation, we are back for another edition of the Irish Breakdown Podcast. It is Thursday, October 27th. I can't believe the month of October is almost over, Ryan. This season has flown by already, but Notre Dame is about to hit the big part of their stretch, Ryan. This is going to be sort of a who are you stretch. Coach Freeman kind of alluded to that on Monday. This is going to be sort of a make-or-break stretch of the schedule for Notre Dame. If they can get hot and finish strong with either a 4-1 and or hopefully a 5-0 and finish, then all of a sudden the narrative of this team changes a little bit, and this team has a chance to kind of go into the postseason with some momentum. But to do that, you need to get by step number one, which is a really good Syracuse team. Syracuse comes into this matchup 16th in the country. Their only loss was a six-point road loss to Clemson this past weekend, a game that really, honestly, Syracuse controlled for a good chunk of the first half into the third quarter before Clemson was able to come back and put that game away late. So this is going to be a very tough test for the Irish. For whatever reason, this team has played better away from home this year. Obviously, played very well against Ohio State on the opener. They pounded North Carolina, who is every bit as good, if not maybe better overall, than Syracuse, just because how dynamic their offense is. But this is going to be a very interesting matchup, too, Ryan, because in order to beat Syracuse, parts of your team that haven't been playing well have to step up and play well. And that's the interesting part of this matchup, which we'll discuss as we get into the keys to victory. But just a golden, golden opportunity here for Notre Dame. If they can achieve the keys that we're going to set forth and win this game, Ryan, this is a big, this could be a big, big one for Notre Dame.
0: Just go to Indeed.com slash Blue Wire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash Blue Wire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed.
1: I never dreamed I would talk this much about coffee, especially since I'm not really a coffee drinker. But ever since we first tried trade coffee, my coffee loving wife is not only hooked but I've even started to drink coffee and I've got my mom hooked on it as well. Let me tell you about trade coffee. It's a coffee subscription service. Unlike anything you've tried before, because they partner with top independent roasters to freshly roast and send the best coffees in the country, direct to your home on your preferred schedule. Their team of experts do all the work, taste testing hundreds of coffees from across the U S every month to curate over 450 exceptional coffees and make the cut. I've told you about our collection the rich, sweet flavor of the Big City Roast from Joe Coffee. The full flavor of the Black Velvet from Atomic Coffee Roasters where you can actually taste the malted milk balls. We love it. And if what I got isn't up your alley, don't worry. Trade will have whatever it is that you want. You can shop their most popular coffees by roast or flavor profile, or you can take the coffee quiz like we did and get expertly matched with the coffees that you'll love. Trade is the easiest way to get your very best tasting coffee delivered fresh when you need it. You've got nothing to lose because Trade guarantees you will love your first bag. If not, they'll work with you to replace it for free. So if you want to support small businesses and brew the best cup of coffee you've ever made at home, it's time to try Trade Coffee. Right now, Trade is offering our listeners a total of $30 off your first order plus free shipping at drinktrade.com irish. That's drinktrade.com slash irish for thirty dollars off your subscription to the best coffees in the world. Give it a shot. And I think that it's because
2: of how you kind of phrased it, right? You're you're headed into the stretch of the schedule that is gonna really show a lot of what you are, you know, going from Syracuse into Clemson, down the road you have USC, Boston College, and you know, and Navy kind of squashed in between. This is the stretch where you show growth has kind of been continual and exponential throughout the process. So there's been a lot of hiccups. We've talked about it a ton. You know, there's been uneven moments, obviously very up and down, volatile, whatever word you want to use. Notre Dame has had it this season, but to your point, Brian, I mean, we're going into a two game stretch here where you're really going to show what you've learned (laughs) at this point. Right. And what the next step is because Talked about it a bunch, man. Coaches are judged based upon the adjustments that they make. And not just in-game adjustments, adjustments from a week-to-week perspective, season-to-season perspective, from a few-game stretch perspective until a latter stage of the season. So big momentum potential here for Marcus Freeman and his staff that has been kind of up and down until this point. And it starts in a very – which should be a very entertaining game in Syracuse, New York this weekend.
1: Which you will be there for that game, yes. as will yeah. I. So very much looking forward to that. Ryan, obviously the, the offense is really going to be the part of the game where you, you've seen this Notre Dame team struggle for all but really one game. And and, and I wouldn't even count the UNLV game as a, an exception to that because UNLV's defense is not very good. Notre Dame missed a lot of opportunities. I don't think they played all that well offensively. Uh, just kind of overall, there were some good things here and there, but but overall it was a a performance that didn't live up to the potential of what this team should be. Really, the North Carolina game is the one exception. If Notre Dame is going to win this game, the offense has to play better. The only way they can win without the offense playing better is if the defense just has a lights out, just completely shuts Syracuse down. You can't win if you can't score. But That's also true for Notre Dame against a very good Syracuse defense. We did the stacking up art a matchup of this yesterday. The on the written version of that stacking up is online at irishbreakdown.com. This is a tough test for Notre Dame. And this is going to be a test that says, hey, you know, Coach Reese, if you want to um, you know, kind of be that guy that um you know, is who everybody thought you were and you're gonna be this, you know, great offensive mind and this guy that, you know, can lead this team and do all these other type of things, then this is the kind of game where you've got to step up and perform well, Ryan. And also, you mentioned the narrative changing and 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 adjusting. This is the opportunity for Tom Maurice to make the adjustments. And and he's gonna need to if they're gonna win. They can't just regurgitate the same game plan again.
2: No, I mean, they can't. I mean, this is one of those situations where you're playing against a good defense. We stacked it up yesterday, right? I mean, this is a defense where you're going to have to earn it, man. Like, the secondary is not going to give it to you. The linebackers aren't going to give it to you. And the defensive line is going to play exceptionally hard. So I I do think that this is a – I don't want to call it a maker-to-break-it performance for Tommy Reese. But, like, this is – if it was going to happen, it needs to happen now, right? Like this is the the couple-game stretch where you need your offense to really take that next step because if you come into this game with a lackluster performance or some players aren't making plays, Syracuse has a good enough defense where they're just going to kind of do what they do, you know? Right. Like you need to make them uncomfortable. And right now you don't feel great about them having the ability to make them uncomfortable. The talent is there, but until you see it on the field, it's just a big question mark right now for Notre Dame.
1: I'd certainly feel they're capable of it. It's just about whether or not they're going to make the necessary changes to do it. Like you said, that's going to be the key. So let's talk about what the keys are to victory for for Notre Dame in this game. And looking at the offense, and the first one, number one, Ryan, it's going to be the same one as we always talk about recently, and that is start fast. And I don't even—I thought that the the first drive last week was gr- really well done. You got into a third and 10, you know, that you didn't want to be there, but you made a play, you were attacked, you you pushed the tempo a little bit more than they normally do. There wasn't a ton of the scan stuff. They stayed on the script and they went right down the field and scored a touchdown. After that, it was kind of a field goal fest, right? It was just not being able to capitalize on great field position time and time again. We've talked about it before, seven drives to start the game inside the 20-yard line or inside B uh, UNLV territory and you only got touchdowns on 3 of those and one of them was the third, the seventh trip in there so you got to start fast and 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 look this is going to be a loud environment the carrier dome from everyone that I've ever talked to is a naturally loud environment you don't need a hundred thousand people for it to be loud it's indoors it's going to be a a, a sold out stadium there's not going to be as many Notre Dame fans as there normally is at a Syracuse game because they made the right decision of not giving up this home game which they have done so many times in the past. They gave up the home game in 2014. They gave up the the home game in 2016 in order to play in an NFL stadium with more people. They can make more money. There's a smart decision by Syracuse to say, we're going to keep this one at home because this is the chance that you have to have that home field advantage. Because when you play away from the Carrier Dome, then you start seeing a lot more Notre Dame fans showing up, right? This is going to be a very pro Syracuse crowd. It's going to be loud. It's It's going to be hopping. And what you have to do is you have to quiet them with your performance. And so the Notre Dame offense has to come out and be sharp early, move the chains and put the ball in the end zone. That's going to be key. They're going to have to start fast. You do not want to get behind Syracuse period, because they have the ability to, to make a, a, a game. They have the ability to shorten a game, mm-hmm. right? We've talked about that. They're quite good at that. Actually, it's shortening games and limiting possessions with the way that they play offense. So you look at it, Ryan and, and, and if you fall behind, this is that's 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 going to be tough to come from behind. If you can get ahead of them, Syracuse is not a great come from behind team, and so that it adds it adds even more importance to Notre Dame getting off with a very fast start in this game. It's funny that you mentioned that
2: about you know playing in the Carrier Dome, or apparently it's called something different than the Carrier Dome, Brian. Nope. I don't know if you. Nope. And I was <laughs> down, it's the
1: carrier Dome. I don't want to hear any JMA wireless dome. I don't hear any of that stuff. So I, I just saw that on Twitter yesterday. I'm like,
2: oh, it's not the carrier dome anymore. Yeah. Okay, I had you know, no Tommy,
1: he said that in his press conference. He's like, yeah, it's got some other name now, but it's the carrier dome to me. And I'm like, you know what, coach, for the first time all year, we're on the same page. <laughs> It's the Carrier Dome. We'll sell out the it's Yeah, so anyway, go ahead. Oh, no, I, I was just talking to someone,
2: I think it was last night, and they were asking me about my opinion on the game, and I said, you know, Notre Dame's been playing pretty well away from away from the home stadium. You know, on the road, they've been a pretty good football team for the most part. And then someone brought this up, and I thought it was an interesting point. They said – You know, the the Carrier Dome, that's what they called it as well. They said that's probably going to be the most hostile environment that Notre Dame's been at this year, sort of. And I'm like, well, you know, they played Ohio State at the Shoe, so I don't know if that's quite true. But to your point, it's going to be an interesting environment, obviously, right? You're going to be playing in a pro-Syracuse pro uh, Syracuse Stadium where, I mean, they're riding into this game, number 16 in the country. They're, you know, the team that is supposed to win this game, which is pretty wild, against a talented but inconsistent Notre Dame team. Like, the same's going to be rocking, man. And these players are going to have a lot, a lot of energy early on in this football game. And one thing that I've talked about, and I know we've, we've – I think we both have talked about it some – I mean, we haven't talked about it last week – there's just some games where Notre Dame comes in and you just don't feel the energy. Like you yeah. talked about it at UNLV, right? Like they're just in warm-ups and you just don't really feel it, right? Like there's no, just not a lot of juice to what what they're kind of looking like to preparation anyway, right? So this is a very important game. Going into a road game against a top 20 team in the country in a potentially somewhat hostile environment, I agree 100%. Notre Dame just in general, they need to – silence this crowd early on or else they're going to be riding this energy because, I mean, it's been, what, four years now since Syracuse put together a quality product on the field? Like yes, it's been since a 2018, few years. Yeah. yeah. It's been a few years, and this is foreign right now to them, uh, to Syracuse fans and, the, and the, the players and staff, pertinent to what it's been over the last couple of years. So they're going to be ready. They're going to be rocking. And I agree. It's that uh, you know, we, we're taking it from an offensive perspective, but just from an all-encompassing perspective – you got to come out and you got to play fast. You got to knock this team in the mouth a little bit because it's going to be easy for this team if things are rolling well early to really keep capturing that energy and that mm-hmm. momentum because they have all the momentum going into this game from just how they how their season has kind of been uh, you know fulfilling how their coaching step looks a lot better than it did coming into the year from what their coaches from what their players' confidence level is. Syracuse has a lot going for them coming into this football game, so Notre Dame has to be able to knock them down a couple plays early on.
1: Well, and this is also if you look at their attendance, I, I, I kind of I chuckle at the whole most hostile environment thing. It's a forty nine thousand seat stadium, so with all due respect, and I know it's indoors, right? So it captures all of that noise. It keeps it indoors, and it was it was built in a way to to, to make it loud. But I'm going to still go with the hundred six thousand at Ohio State and stick with that one. It's the more hostile environment. However, to the point, it's a very it's a very challenging environment, not just because of the noise. But the lighting is weird with the white top and all the I mean, teams that play basketball there will talk about how it's it's got a really weird background where it's like it's kind of hard to see the the rim and if you're not you get takes some getting used to and things like that. And so I I think there can be some challenges catching the football, right? I mean, those are going to be things to watch, you know, catching the football fielding punts things along those lines are going to be challenges for Notre Dame and you've got to be sharp and crisp, but You know, this is speaking of starting fast. I mean, you look at Syracuse's home crowd so far. They had thirty-seven thousand in the opener against Louisville. That's over ten thousand below their their average. They had uh, 36,000 against Purdue, thirty-four and a half against Virginia, thirty-three against Wagner they were way under their capacity in those games. And then it wasn't until the NC state game when Syracuse fans were finally like, Hey, we're actually pretty good, you know, and and then they sold it out. Right. And so then obviously they, since then they've lost to Clemson. So I think Syracuse fans are kind of late to the party about how good this team is. So Mm -hmm. I do expect them to be pretty feverish when they play Notre Dame. It's that it's, Hey, we're actually pretty good combined with, Hey, we're playing Notre Dame and the opportunity that presents, they haven't watched a Notre Dame game on campus since 2003. So it's Mm -hmm. going to be a hop in place and and you've got to really continue to build that energy and that emotion and that and and build on what you did last week. Number two point, Ryan, number two key is Drew Pine has to have a good game. Now, this is a kind of a threefold type of situation, right? It's not just about Drew. That means Tom Reese has to put a good game plan together, one that Drew is comfortable with. It means letting Drew get into rhythm which is hard to do with the nonstop scan. So limit the scan. I don't think that they will, but it's important for them to do it because that's going to allow Drew to get into some kind of rhythm. So it's up to the game plan to, to be com- make him comfortable. When he does put the ball where it needs to get to, Braden Nielsen, he's got to make that catch. Michael Mayer can't drop that ball in the end zone. Uh, you know, those type of things can't happen. He's going to need some help. Sometimes he's going to put the ball up. It's not a great throw and you've got to go make a play on it like Jaden Thomas did against BYU, right? Yep. And And, So there's going to be those opportunities. His teammates got to help him out. And then you look at Drew Pine. He's got to make the right decisions. He's got to to go through his progressions. He's got to make the right reads. He's got to get the ball out on time. He's got to go through the reads with the proper timing. Not too slow, not too fast. Go with the reads with the proper timing and trust the system. Trust your teammates. Don't just immediately go to Michael Mayer when you get into a pinch. And that's also part of the game plan thing too, Ryan, is making sure that you have a game plan that understands we know Syracuse is going to have a Michael Mayer plan. How can we be prepared for that and take advantage of that, especially early, to make them pay right away for the emphasis that they're going to put on Michael Mayer? But at the end of the day, Drew's got to make the right throws. He's got to get the ball where he needs to get to. I can blame Tommy Reese for a lot of things. I can't blame Tommy Reese for a fastball to Tobias Merriweather that needs to be put high and soft. Right? Yeah. That's on Drew, right? I, I can't I can't put it on Tommy. I can't put everything on Tommy Reese. Some, at some point Drew's got to step up and say, Hey, I'm the leader of this team. I'm the quarterback. I got to go make these plays because if they're going to beat Syracuse, Drew, if they're going to start fast, it's going to require Drew to come out and play well early. And if they're going to put Syracuse away and hang on in the second half, because Syracuse is not going to go away. Mm -hmm. Then Drew's going to have to be well then to be good then too. So it's going to really require Drew Pine to have a North Carolina, even a BYU-esque performance if they're going to win this game, we've seen him do it. And he's been better away from home than he's been at home. So may, maybe there's something to that, but he's going to have to look like he did, you know, and starts two and three, as opposed to starts one, four and five. In our stacking
2: up show yesterday, Brian, we talked a lot about the Notre Dame passing offense gets the Syracuse pass defense. And I mean, that's the biggest differential in this football game coming in, right? It's like the, Syracuse has to feel good good about their chances to limit the ability for Notre Dame to throw the football. You have to feel like it after the last couple games Notre Dame has had after the consistency pretty much across the board that Syracuse has had all season and the guys that they have in their secondary. This is the matchup where Syracuse looks at it and says, we got that one. We're winning that matchup. That's ours. So what does Notre Dame need to do? They need to flip the script on it, man. That's what it comes down to, right? I mean, you've seen the moments where you're like, okay, she gave Jaden Thomas a shot, He made a big 50-50 ball. That's awesome. You've seen moments where you're like, Brayden Lindsay's open all day. You've seen Michael Mayer do what Michael Mayer does. You've seen the running backs when you involve them in the passing game that they're pretty good, man, and they give you a lot of different opportunities, right? There is elements of good here. And you've seen Drew Pine, when comfortable, he's a good football player mm-hmm. when he's comfortable and he's moving along and he's in rhythm. And in this game, it's equally as important because if you have a lot of mistakes against the secondary, they'll make you pay. Mm-hmm. And this is the the situation in the matchup where they have kind of just put, a, put it in ink on paper already that Notre Dame's not going to pass the ball against us. And you have to change that narrative. You have to flip the script in order for you to come on the road and beat a number 16 team in the country, a team that you're supposed to lose to, according to Vegas, right? You know, whatever. You need to make them uncomfortable. Making them uncomfortable is making them go, oh, they are a little better passing team than maybe we gave them credit for. They have a little more explosiveness than we maybe gave them credit for. Haven't seen it consistently, but if there's a game that you need to put it together for the whole game, this is the one because I have maintained this one. I know we talked about it yesterday. I think we both agree on it. This is the best secondary that you're going to play all year. Yeah, All year. Best one by far. And they're a confident bunch. Deuce Chestnut, Garrett Williams, they play with swagger. They do. You have to make some plays on them. You have to make them uncomfortable. You have to attack the opportunities that you have. It's paramount in this football game that Drew Pine and this passing attack gets in rhythm early, gets comfortable, and has a a consistent form of success that we haven't seen consistently throughout the season.
1: Ryan, Another thing is they have to generate some. They have to find ways to make big plays. I, I think the offensive line can have a day. And, and and you know we we didn't we won't have in here like you got to run the ball because that's now in the standpoint of a given. Like running the ball effectively and don't turn it over are kind of like givens. You should assume that that's something they need to do right now. And I think the Notre Dame offense can do that. But there's I don't think, however that this team is good enough. I don't think you can make the leap from what they've been all year to all of a sudden against the best defense you've faced since the opener to all of a sudden say, okay, now you're going to go out and just consistently put together seven, eight play drives and punch it into the end zone six times. At some point, they're going to have to generate big plays, and that's the next key. Is they This is not – that early in the year, they were creating big plays, but they weren't able to – they were terribly inefficient – then the big plays have kind of gone away for the most part in recent games. And they're going to have to find a way to get back to that. Pass game wise, run game wise, that requires some creativity, obviously, from Tommy Reese. It requires you to get your players into some matchups that they're comfortable with, make sure that Drew Pine is comfortable with where he's going to go with the football. And then you got to execute. There are big plays to be had, but it's going to require good scheme. But also at some point in time, kind of like Charlie Jones did to, to Garrett Williams when they matched up. At some point, you just you got to make a great throw, which Garrett with the, which Aiden O'Connell did, and then your receiver's got to make a great play, which is what Charlie Jones did twice in the fourth quarter to beat uh, Garrett Williams for big plays. The marks for air is very thin when you thaw on him, but it's there, so you know that means being smart, put Tobias Merriweather and Deion Colsey on him at times, put Michael Mayer on him at times, you know, find some things that you can take advantage of what they're doing to create some and generate some big plays. They're going to need that, obviously. If we see a heavier dose of RPOs, if we see a, a mix up of the run game, I think that is where Notre Dame can rip off some big plays. We saw Clemson do them, do that to them late in the game on on Saturday. You know, so there's opportunities for big plays against them, but you have to you have to earn them. Syracuse yep. is going to make you earn them, and Notre Dame's going to have to earn them because I just don't see this team consistently moving the ball up and down the field and getting to 30 points that way. I think they're going to need three or four big plays in this game. They don't have to necessarily result in touchdowns, although that's more ideal because it increases your your red zone offense isn't needed then, which has been an issue. But big plays are going to be a key part of this game. There's no question about it.
2: At the end of the day, and we've talked about this every single game, this is one outside of the Ohio State game where Notre Dame has more talent. Like, let's just call it what it is, right? They are a more talented team than what Syracuse has. But right now, Syracuse is playing, and I'm talking wide receiver versus secondary perspective, pass catcher versus secondary perspective. Syracuse is playing better football, obviously. But at the end of the day, you still have an advantage one on one athletically with some of the cornerbacks and defensive backs that, that Syracuse has. All due respect to Garrett Williams, I think he's a potential American. I think he's a fantastic player. I think he'll play in the NFL and he'll play for in the NFL for a long time. But at the end of the day, I will still take a matchup of Tobias Merriweather one-on-one with Garrett Williams and see what happens. I'll still make that. I'll still take that opportunity. And that goes for Lorenzo styles and Brian Lindsay and spurts. Like there's opportunities out there, Michael Mayer into the boundary. Like we talked about yesterday, right? Like that's an opportunity that I think could be on the table. And no matter how good their secondary is, you have to trust your guys to make a play one-on-one and in order for them to make a play one-on-one, Brian, you have to put your guys in position to do it, mm-hmm. right? Like, it, I feel like the only time we've seen it is like Jaden Thomas and he surprised you and he made a play and he was a great play. Let's get, let's take the shackles off a little bit, right? There's no better to inject, there's no easier way to inject confidence into a quarterback than to say, Drew, like, we're just going to let you fly, man. Let it fly, get the ball out there, take a shot. And if you hit one or two early, then you're rolling. Then you're rolling because the, the confidence will be there. And then the secondary will have to make an adjustment, and not to say, you know, I can't just do this and, you know, and get away with it right now. Like I have to be better in this process. Maybe I have to m- play a little more two-man where I work, you know, a safety over top instead of bringing him down into the box. Then the, the numbers battle gets into your favor a little bit. But at the end of the day, you need to not only create explosive plays, but you need to win one-on-one matchups. That's because let's call it what it is. Syracuse is going to say a lot during this game early in my opinion Garrett shut down whoever's across from you Mm -hmm. we don't you don't you don't need much help right you can you got him one-on-one sure Deuce Chestnut you got him right yep sure I do I do and you know that they're confident players so they will be up for the challenge in order to make Syracuse have to rethink their strategy you have to make a couple one-on-one opportunities and that's what I'm looking forward to seeing does that be the first play of the game? But is there a chunk play opportunity? Is there a one-on-one shot? Do you locate one-on-one outside and just take the go and just give it, put it up there and let your guy get an opportunity to make a play. And that is on coaching. And then after that, if the coaching does make that decision, then your
1: player has to win that one-on-one matchup. got to
2: win one-on-one matchups in this game.
1: I mean, you know, you, you you say that, and it's just kind of like, man, like, how can they think that about Lorenzo Styles and Braden Lindsey? But I mean, if you've broken down Notre Dame's film the first seven weeks, you're like, yeah, I'm I'm gonna take. I mean, if you're if you if you remove yourself uh, from from, let's say, you've only watched Notre Dame this year, and you didn't watch them last year, you didn't see Lorenzo in the bowl game, you didn't see what he did last year against Virginia, North Carolina, and USC and those teams. You've only watched them this year. You've only watched Braden Lindsay this year. You're going to say, well, I'm not worried about Braden Lindsay because even when he gets open, they don't throw it to him. And then you're like, Lorenzo Styles, like the kid doesn't really get separation, and when they do throw it to him, he doesn't catch the ball. And 83 is, you know, completely misused. They, you know, 15 is kind of a problem, but they've only thrown him two balls in seven games. So, I mean, why would you not trust your secondary, which is, the the to me, the best part of your football team, in my opinion? To, to 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 do anything other than to to do one on one, and 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 also the other part of it is if you only watch Notre Dame this year, if Notre Dame can't run a ball this season, they don't score. They cannot score if they don't get their run game going. And so, yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna maybe alter my coverage pre snap and and to get extra bo- bodies in the box because I do trust my not just my corners, but mm-hmm. the way that they've played this year, and the way Syracuse plays this year. I trust my safeties to be able to cover. Notre Dame slots man-to-man. And so those are other aspects of it too, Ryan, that allows you to then, you know, insert your your, your rover and more into the box to, you know, coming off the edge and crashing the edge and doing things like that because it's just not like Notre Dame's going to pull and throw an RPO outside, at least based on what you've seen. So there's so many things that you've seen on film that you say there's no there, – Syracuse would be foolish not to just say, hey, say hey, 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 Garrett, hey, you know, uh, Elijah, hey, Jihad, hey go lock these dudes down, right? We'll we'll have a plan for Michael Mayer, right? We'll have a plan for 87, but I need you guys to go out and win those battles. I would do that if I was them. So for the Notre Dame receivers, it's important that they step up and play well and have their game. This is is a great, you know, shake off all the rust or, you know, get the bad vibes or whatever the case may be. This is the kind of game that, that we talked about the narrative changing as a team and as an offense. For the receiving core, this is a big time narrative changing opportunity for you. Because, you yeah. know, you're going to have success against Clemson next week, but with all due respect, it's not a very good secondary. Mm-hmm. This is a much better secondary right now that you're going to face. So you've got to be able to come out and, and thrive. Will they do it? Don't know. But they need to if they're going to win this game. And the last key, Ryan, is they've got to finish. And and this this really refers specifically to drives, right? Mm-hmm. That means converting third downs, moving the chains, and when you get the ball in the red zone – you need touchdowns, not field goals. That's the key, especially early. So, kind of ties back to point number one, Ryan. They're going to have to finish if they can come out and finish well, right? Start fast, finish off drives with six, you know, six points instead of three. Then you're, you're going to have a chance to really get rolling. But finishing off drives with with touchdowns is going to be a big key, and then finishing off plays. You know, Notre Dame has left a lot of a lot of individual plays, drop passes here and there, miss blocks, miss reads. They're going to have to finish those things off and execute at a higher level. If they do that, then I do think they can move the ball relatively well. You know, if you get a chance for a big play, we said earlier it doesn't have to be a touchdown, but it would be nice. You know, then take that pressure off your offense to then score. Because Syracuse is a pretty good red zone defense this year, partly because of how good their secondary is. Because they can just yep. go man up. They're six-foot kids with long arms. They're, they're, they present like a really wide – radius you know to throw around it can make it challenging and Notre Dame doesn't really throw to their big guys in the red zone so it's not like you can take advantage of that so you got to finish off drives you got to finish off plays you need touchdowns not field goals that's a big because I don't know how many scoring opportunities you're going to get against Syracuse right. so when you get them especially early you need touchdowns because what can happen right is if you're able to get touchdowns early let's say Notre Dame's able to jump on Syracuse you know 17 to 7 in the first half let's just say hypothetically mm-hmm. you now get into situations where if you you punch one more touchdown in there in the second half and you can put Syracuse behind 24 to 10 or even 24 to 14 in the second half now they have to get outside of their game plan and that's where you can then have some success defensively at creating some mistakes and potentially turning over something Syracuse doesn't doesn't do because honestly Ryan they haven't had to play from behind very much this year Right. I mean, they've they've been like neck and neck with people all year. Like the the Purdue game was like six to three, nine to six, really close. And then they kept scoring back and forth in the fourth quarter. You know, the Virginia game was a very similar deal. They were way out. They were out on NC State early. They were out on Louisville early. They were out on UConn early. They were out on, you know, Wagner early. And then they were up on Clemson early. So they, they haven't had to play from behind really at all this year. So this is a chance to say, okay, let's see how good they are. Because no team has been able to get Syracuse out of their game plan. Not one.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: It's going to be up to the Notre Dame offense to help their defense accomplish that by putting early scores on the board. So start fast by moving the ball. And then your next step is then when you do move, you put the ball in the end zone.
2: This is, this is one thing that good teams do. And this is one thing that Syracuse does really well is they make everything difficult for you, right? Nothing's easy, which is, I mean, (laughs) if I can give a, a a compliment to a team, like that's the biggest one, because what Syracuse does offensively and defensively is offensively, they control the tempo. They don't really shoot themselves in the foot and they keep the ball kind of moving, right? Defensively, they keep everything in front of them. They don't give up explosive plays. I mean, we saw the stat yesterday, right? They they give up less than ten yards per completion on the season. They literally do not give up big plays. Keep everything in front of them. Make offense have to establish long drives to score. That's what they do, right? That's what the, has been the recipe for success and why they've only given up fifteen points something points per game up until this point, which would be a little higher if he, they hadn't played. Uh, what what's their names? The 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 New York FCS team Wagner. I always forget their name, but uh, it's it's something where they're going to make everything very difficult for Notre Dame. And in that sense, Notre Dame has to be ready, and they have to be. That's why efficiency is so important in this game. Because look, we talk about them needed to create a couple big plays. And I truly believe that, right? Uh, Cause that's something that Syracuse does really well. So you kind of need to flip the script on them in that department. But at the end of the day, Notre Dame's game is also built off of efficiency when they're rolling, when they're playing well offensively. And when you're an efficient football team, you can't have seven drives inside a, a team's uh, – on the other side of the team's field and only score three touchdowns. Like, you can't do that, right? Like, that's what makes a team stay in a football game or makes it win uglier than it has to be or makes you lose. Those, those are the outcomes that happen when you don't finish off drives. Notre Dame needs to do that in this game because, again, this is something that Syracuse has shown that they do well. So in order to defeat a good Syracuse team, you have to make something that they do well – and flip the script and make it a weakness in this football game. Finish off drives, finish off, finish off the, the you know the red zone opportunities. Those things have kind of been a little bit of a, a Achilles heel to Notre Dame throughout the season for the most part. And they need to write that ship because you have the elements to be good at that, Brian. Like you have the elements. You have a huge tight end who's got a massive catch radius. You have a a couple wide receivers that if you use properly, have a lot of opportunities to do that, and then you have a good offensive line and you have some powerful runners that should be able to finish in short yardage situations. So this is the game, a team that doesn't really shoot themselves in the foot much, you have to make some things that are usually difficult for
1: teams that play them a little bit easy in this football game. Big key, big key in this one. And Ryan, everything you just said is, is why this is such a big game for Notre Dame. Because for, if Notre Dame turns the corner offensively against this defense, it's not going to – because like the North Carolina game, I mean, you can kind of chalk that up to they're not very good on defense. And that's true. They're they're not very good on defense. Now, they've been better since Notre Dame played them, but they're still not very good on defense. And and you look at at, at different aspects of what Notre Dame likes to do. They're not a very good throwing team. They don't throw the ball very well. Syracuse is one of the 10 to 15 best pass defenses in the country. Their secondary is one of, without question, one of the 10 best. Now, I don't know if I could say I've seen enough teams to say they're top five. There's still teams I need to watch more of, but I've seen enough teams to comfortably say they're top 10. And so they are good where Notre Dame has not been good. So if Notre Dame performs well in these areas that we talked about, it's not just a key to victory. But a lot of what we talk about in these keys to victory recently has been not just winning this game, but then getting yourself sort of springboard yourself into future success. And so I think that's what's important about this. All the things you just talked about, they're things that Syracuse is very good at, that Notre Dame is not very good at. So if you have success there, it's going to be because you did something different, whether that be executed better, game plan adjustments. As I wrote in the midweek musings yesterday, Ryan, and I don't know if you agree with this or not. If you really break it down, as maddening as this offense has been, they're not that far off. This is not something that requires a massive transfusion of players. It doesn't require you to switch from the current scheme to an air raid. It's hit the open receivers that are there. Early in the season was because the line wasn't giving them protection. But if you just say, if they simply just hit the plays that were there, not even without changing a single thing schematically, hit the place of the there, don't have done dumb turnovers, and you're talking about you've got at least another touchdown against Ohio State. Let's say you still lose, but you have another touchdown. You have at least two more touchdowns against Marshall because you have one at the end of the first half, and you have one in the fourth quarter. So that's a blowout win all of a sudden. You look at the next game against Cal. You had one Big touchdown opportunity that you missed in that game. So that adds a touchdown to the board. North Carolina, you missed two big touchdown opportunities. You had a, the miss to Michael Mayer up the sideline, and then Audric Estime fumbles the ball into the end zone. So now yeah. you're talking about that game is now all of a sudden 59 points. Then you fast forward to the next week against BYU. I think for the most part they took advantage of their opportunities that were there down the field, but then you missed the, sh- the play against Logan Diggs, you miss him open for what would have been a touchdown. So all of a sudden, you know, 28 turns into 32. I mean, there's all types of different things that you look at and say. And then, of course, Stanford, there was missed opportunities. That's the one that you say there weren't as many opportunities there because the play calling was so bad. That's a game where it wasn't a whole lot different, maybe a field goal. And then last week against UNLV, there were tons Mm -hmm. of opportunities to turn a 44-point outburst into a 62-point outburst. So the, the point is, it's not like there hasn't been stuff there. Brayden lindsay has been wide open. Brayden Lindsey should have six or seven touchdowns right now. Oh, easy. easy touchdowns. Like, not even like he's got to go make a play like he did against Cincinnati last year, Ohio State early. Like, were the dudes open by three, four yards? I mean, if not more. You know, there's been a there's been plenty of opportunities for this team to, to if they simply execute better and that's where you know there's some validity to that comment but the point is the execution issues come from a lack of confidence a lack of certainty in what they're doing that results it that comes from you know too broad of scope from a play calling standpoint you know trying to have more volume not enough being really good at something all those type of things the point is it's not like this Notre Dame team needs to just reinvent themselves they need mm-hmm. to make some tweaks. But then just hit the stuff that's there. And if they do that, then all of a sudden this team breaks out. Because I truly believe, I truly believe this. If Tommy Reese is willing to look in the mirror and say, you know what? This is on me. This is my fault. And I didn't do enough to really get the most out of this team. And I may, I, I use this excuse and that excuse, but this is on me. And then he just makes tweaks. Again, you don't need to re- revolutionize your offense. Just make some tweaks. Use RPOs, right? Right. Mix up your run game a little bit more. Mix it up outside-inside. And you know maybe re- rely a little bit more on your screen game because in, in your pocket movement with Drew Pine because he's not a big-armed guy. Those That's are right. all things within the scheme that we've seen at least a little bit of this year. If you simply just make those tweaks and then Drew Pine starts hitting just some of the throws that, that he's not seeing or missing on, all of a sudden this offense becomes a two touchdown better offense than what they've been. Just that. Yep. And if you can do it against this defense then I start feeling really good about their ability to do it in future games because I still think this is the best defense they're going to face all year across the board. Clemson has without question the best linebacker uh, uh, has the best defensive line. I mm-hmm. think the linebacker production is very similar. You know, I think Trenton Simpson's probably a better NFL prospect, Barrett Carter's a mm-hmm. better NFL prospect, but with where they are on their development right now, Syracuse kids are no are no they they belong in a conversation of who has the best linebacker court in the ACC. Good Secondary is not players. close. It's not even close. Yeah. Secondary is not it's not no, nowhere in the same universe. So if you do it this week, then okay, it's something to build on, and this team can get some confidence because if they can make some tweaks and gain some confidence, this offense has better players than people give them credit for. And then I want I would like to hear what people have to say. But oh, it's a it's a talent problem, right? And so. You 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 have to think at some point in time it's gonna happen. Just but you know, I I just said that two weeks ago, three weeks ago, four weeks ago. We'll see if it'll happen this week. But if it does, Ryan, that's what gives this team a chance to not just win, right? But it's like what I said to you on was it Monday? I said, Mm -hmm. dude, if Drew Pine has a good game, they're gonna roll Syracuse. I'll say that publicly. Because there's stuff there, there are matchups there. We're like, man, Notre Dame should be able to thrive in that matchup. Because they mm-hmm. have unique weapons that other teams have not do not have that they've played, whether or not they'll take advantage, I have I have very little confidence that they will do it. it but they should do it, and that's the fun thing about this matchup. I hope they'll do it because
2: it'll be my yeah. first time in the Carrier Dome, and it'll be great to cover and and watch and enjoy. Well, you, enjoy the day. Your last two
1: games finished. haven't gone all that well, Ryan. So I, I I'm real. I was really rethinking I, t- calling Notre Dame and saying that they need I, to deny your credential requests. <laughs> I still blame my wife on that one. Still blame my wife on that one, but uh, okay. you know, so she, okay. she doesn't listen to this show,
2: so I can. Well, blame hold her on now, but show. your
1: wife wasn't at the previous game that you were at. There was also a Notre Dame loss, Cincinnati last year.
2: Yeah, she doesn't come to the games, and they lose. Oh, because she, yeah, so she, she doesn't. Yeah, she doesn't come to the, the Syracuse
1: games. game. Nope. Yep. Okay, so then nothing's changed. Well, they're screwed. <laughs> It's not a home game
2: though. The okay. okay. apply anymore And you're not and going as
1: a fan. You're going to
2: work, so that'll be hundred percent, hundred percent. Yeah. Now it, it's a. I feel like Syracuse defense might be a little bit of a truth serum, though, for this yes. uh, opportunity, Brian. Like it's sure. it's one of those things where if it doesn't happen now, I, I right. If, if if it doesn't happen now, I'm not going to get excited about it happening against Navy. Sure. Right. Like I'm not going to get excited about it happening happening against Boston College. Right. Like they're this, not good.
0: Right. It's a make it or
2: break at time, right? Like right. we we have we have backed up, and I I will keep backing this even if they don't play well. That there's not a talent problem at Notre Dame. Right. Just be, I've been super not relative about to who's that.
1: on their schedule this year. Yes, is there a talent yes. problem to go beat Georgia? Sure, right now. Yes, ben, sure. Right, there's a, there's know? not a
2: talent problem to go beat Syracuse at Syracuse this week, or there's Stanford,
1: or Marshall, yes. or yeah. right, exactly, or even exactly. Clemson. To be honest yeah. with you. So anyway, that's uh that's the interesting part of it, Ryan, is is it it just comes down to you didn't do what you needed to do to get the most out of this group. And we'll find out if that changes or not.